right, welcome back to Blair and Parker. Sports at 590 The Fan. I'm starting to dislike you a little. <laughs> no, uh, starting. Yeah, yeah, it's a fact. Starting. Well, you got to say it out loud first, and I, I think I just said it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> ben Wagner joins us live from Tropicana Field in a few minutes. 12-10 is the first pitch between oh, the Jays. You don't like those starts, do you? 12-10. No, the 12-10 is a stupid-ass time to start a baseball game. Uh, you say Kikuchi against Jalen What can go Beeks. wrong? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the reasons that the Jays didn't do a great deal at the trade deadline, and Ross Atkins said he's got faith in the young core of this team, and uh, I would presume that part of that faith is in is in Yusei Kikuchi. Let's see. Yusei Kikuchi's last start was acceptable. Let's see if this is acceptable as well. <sighs> going to be working with Danny Jansen behind the plate if you That's missed it. That's not going to hurt. If you missed it the uh if you missed it the uh the lineup is out and Lourdes Gurriel Jr is is leading off back in the leadoff spot. Mm -hmm. George Springer not in the lineup again for the fourth day in a row including an off day. So let's put two and two together. Uh that elbow is as we've said is is I'm suspicious about it. Let's just put it that way. I'm not suspicious about it because George said George Springer has said that it it will need to be it will need to be monitored. What's that mean? He's not going to play. Well, I mean it's a big deal. I like Lourdes leading off. I, I, I'm okay I never, with it. I, I never I'm really, okay. I never really <clears throat> thought of that. No, I didn't until either. you actually see him in that spot. I, I think that puts le- that. Puts I mean, le- I, you, I, if, you he's, if you're going to lead pressure. off, if you're going to lead off, don't be doing what you did in the third in, in the third inning last night and try to go to second base. And I mean that. Well, we that all was know, an we obvious all know the, play. We all know the, the the base running at the big league level. It's not it's good. It's not good. Jays had three outs in the bases last night by the – No, it's not good. Fourth, I mean, Vladdy's trying to steal third with this cleanup hitter up. I know it's two strikes and two outs, mm. but let's – Yeah, I know. Yeah, like, aggressiveness, is, aggressiveness is nice, but let's let's hold our horses a little bit. you got to be a little smarter in the game. Let's hold our horses a little bit here indeed. Well, a, the Major League Baseball trade deadline came and went yesterday. And um, the Blue Jays did a little bit of business, not as much as most people expected, but um, they addressed areas that I think we expected to be addressed. Maybe not to the degree we thought they would be addressed, but the day clearly belonged to the San Diego Padres and to Juan Soto, who moved from the Washington Nationals to the Padres for a number of high, highly ranked prospects and C.J. Abram and, and, and a lot of former number one picks in the deal as well. Look, okay, you trade, the old story is whoever wins the trade is a person who gets the best player. I don't know if you ever win a trade or you can be expected to win a trade when you trade Juan Soto to somebody. But most people, I think, around baseball, and we'll bring in our next guest, uh, Bob Nightingale, national MLB writer with USA Today, Bob, thank you, thank you for joining us. Look, I think most people would look at at what uh, at what Mike Rizzo received for Juan Soto and say he did a pretty good job of getting as much value as he could possibly get. You know, in a, in a in a dicey situation. Yeah, I thought he did a great job. Actually, I mean, Soto wasn't going to sign there. You don't want to be part of a uh, rebuild, and you can get more from now than you would this winter or or next summer. So, uh, you know, he set a high price tag and finally got a team to uh, 
meet in San Diego. And the bottom line is you don't want to be like the Angels. I mean, yeah, they have a star or two in Mike Trout, and, you know, it's never even got them, uh, got them one playoff berth and no playoff wins. So, I mean, you really want to go to the ballpark and watch Juan Soto walk two or three times a game. Uh, they had to do this to, to make the team, you know, good again. Well, I'm sure the Padres aren't even thinking about this right now, but any chance you think down the road a couple of years they re-sign Juan Soto? I know how much money they've spent left side of the infield, but man alive, and I'm, I'm sure – a lot of this will, if they go to a World Series, win a World Series, it'll be easier to let him go. But do you think there's any chance that San Diego could do that? I really don't. Uh, I mean, it's still the 27th largest market in the country. You know, they don't have that kind of uh, revenue, you know, especially with the, uh, you know, ocean on one side, the desert to the other, Mexico to the south, you know, the Dodgers to the north. You're looking at draft in there. So, the league got, you know, two, three hundred million dollar players already. I mean, yeah. I don't want that yeah. Only if you traded one of those guys could you do that. But I don't see it. I mean, I think, you know, hey, the Padres go for this, and uh, if something goes wrong here, they can always trade him again and get some of those prospects back, you know, not all of them, uh, from somebody else. Are they good enough to beat the Dodgers right now? I think they are. I mean, at least they uh, can scare the Dodgers. I, I was surprised uh, the Dodgers didn't do, do more. I thought they would get, you know, just like the Blue Jays, where I, I thought they'd get Montas or Castillo. I thought the Dodgers would get one. And I certainly thought they'd get some bullpen help mm-hmm. to help out uh, Craig Kimbrell. So, you know, you got Darvish uh, up there and, and Musgrove and, you know, guys like Snell. Uh, the Padres can be dangerous, particularly having Josh Hader now at that back end. Can you explain the Josh Hader deal to me? Because that is one that, mm. uh, you know, and I, it's confusing. My first reaction is the, and Kevin talked about this as well, the Brewers, in air quotes here, they must know something about Hader. I, I, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but can you explain that deal to me from, from Milwaukee's point of view? You know, about three weeks ago, uh, I had a couple of scouts tell me that. So I wrote it and I said, uh, why would you be willing to do this? And there's, there's almost a little bit of arrogance. Like, well, we think we can win without him. We need to get younger and cheaper. He's only making $11 million. So he played making 16, 17 this winter, and they didn't want a part of that. And so they think, okay, Devin Williams, you can be the closer. We'll get some uh, more relief help. Uh, so, yeah, so I don't think it was a thing where – they thought he was uh, going belly up or, you know, uh, struggling with arm issues or anything like that. I used to think they thought, hey, if we want to keep being competitive here, our, our best trade ship is Hater, and we think we can still hold off the Cardinals. Uh, when you look at what the New York Yankees did, and you know, we were just talking about even that last-minute edition of Harrison Bader, who won't mm-hmm. be able to play until the end of August or September. He's in a walking boot, but... Clearly, the, 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 the play here is, if you're the Yankees, you've got a good defensive center fielder who, in September, should be able to let you get some rest for some of your other guys, maybe keep them off their feet, uh, you know, keep Aaron Judge away from center field, keep, help keep Aaron Hicks healthy. I mean, the, there are many ways it could help. But I, I look at the deal the Yankees, the deals the Yankees made, and it, it really does seem as if those deals are designed completely not just to win a World Series, but to, to, to give them enough, enough depth that they can stay health, healthy enough going into the postseason. Yeah, I mean, I think that you'll need to give those guys some rest, too, and I agree with Judge. And this trade, they, you know, I mean, granted, you get Bader for a while now, 
But you know, Stray was made for uh, the postseason. I mean, they're not going to use Jordan Montgomery in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But they will use Bader. Either he starts or comes off the bench and plays defense. Uh, you know, I thought it was a great move getting Ben Attendee, uh, you know, getting rid of uh, Gallo. So it's a com- it's a complete team. Uh, you know, I know they wanted to get another starter, but, you know, Montas and Trevino really help. You know, the only thing is when you go from never having played in a uh, – and any pressure games and going to New York, as Gallo found out, it can be it can be tough on guys. So we'll see if those two guys can handle it. Bob, who do you think needs home field advantage more, the Yankees or the Astros, or do you think it doesn't matter? I think the Yankees. Uh, the Astros are in their head. Remember now, they they played seven times already this mm-hmm. year, and uh, they never led a single inning. I mean, yeah. won two games, but those were walk up hits. So then, never once they come to plate with a lead. So, uh, you know, Astros have got the great uh, young starting pitching. Verlander, you know, he likes to shove it against them every time he can because he's still irritated that the Yankees never went after him when he was available with the Tigers and as a free agent. So uh, I think it's a lot more important for the, uh, for the Yankees. I mean, Astros can win there. They, they've proven that. Go ahead, uh, Well, Bob, I want to ask you on the outside looking in, do you think the Blue Jays, where they're at in the playoff hunt, did enough to make a decent run in the playoffs, knowing where the Yankees and the Astros are at? I mean, I, I thought they should have got, you know, one of the two big boys, Castillo or Montas. Those were the two guys. And I know they were, you know, they had scouts everywhere. I mean, they, uh, particularly Castillo, that seemed like a natural fit. So, you know, we'll see what see what happens, you know, in the postseason, anything can happen. Uh, they certainly have the lineup to scare people and everything else. So, but when the playoffs start, you know, they're not, you know, it's pretty much Yankees and Astros and then everybody else, uh, you know, lumped together. Um, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I don't think anybody thought Atlanta was going to win the World Series last year when they mm-hmm. when the playoffs started. Just want to jump in here, by the way. The Jays have just announced that Ross Stripling is going to the IL with a right glute strain. So maybe that explains part of the, the Mitch White uh, yeah. the Mitch White deal. Uh, looking elsewhere uh, around Round baseball. Is there a team, Bob, that surprised you in that they didn't do more than they did? You know, we saw the Detroit Tigers in here, and the Tigers. I mean, AJ Hinch was certainly sounding like he expected to see uh, to see a lot of his relief pitchers go. They did end up uh, having Michael Fulmer traded, but he was you know, certainly seeing stuff off the record that suggested he expected that there would be a few other moves made. Are there other teams that you looked at and just kind of scratch your head and try to figure out what they're all about? Yeah, there were a number. I mean, what were the Red Sox doing? And they traded Christian Vasquez, but then they held on to Evaldi and Martinez yeah. and grabbed Tommy Pham. You know, that was odd. Uh, you know, the Giants trade away Darren Ruff, but then they hang on to Rodone and, uh, and Jacques Peterson. Uh, yeah, how embarrassing is it for the Cubs? They had this big farewell and hugs, and Wilson Contreras is crying, playing his last home game. <laughs> He's still a Cub. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, it was odd. And then you know, hey, you want to be if you want to be in any division, you want to be the AL Central. I mean, here's Minnesota making their moves, and the White Sox and Cleveland are right there. They just kind of stand by and watch. They didn't do a thing. Bob, this may be a, a tough question to ask, ask and, and answer, but you're closer to scouts than we are. Can you learn anything about organizations, minor league systems, by what they do or don't do at the trade deadline? Well, you can. You know, what's uh, 
interesting now, you hardly see any scouts at major league games, you know, two, three maximum. And then when you see them, you say, hey, where have you been? They've all been to the lower levels of minor leagues. Mm. So I think be able to make, you know, all those right moves of prospects. I'm sure the national people were all over the Dodgers system and the, and the pottery system. So, yeah, everybody wants to make the right calls. And uh, the Dodgers are doing something right. I mean, they win every year and they get the best farm system year after year. It's amazing what they do. But, yeah, teams are saying, you know what, we can scout a video with the major leagues, but, you know, give us a uh, uh, give us what your input is for the minor leagues, particularly makeup and all that. Bob, you're really wired into the scene in California. A couple of questions for you. First of all, Shohei Otani, uh, did, did I understand that, you know, there was some talk about him moving at the deadline. I don't know how serious that was. Do you think Perry Manassian gathered Manassian gathered enough information at this deadline on Otani that he has an idea now about what he is going to do in the offseason with him one way or another? Yeah, I mean, there's zero chance he's going to get traded now. I'm surprised people are even talking mm-hmm. about it. You know, they never had anything. I think the three of us had a better chance being hitting the middle of the order for the Blue Jays and <laughs> Otani being moved. Yeah. It just wasn't going to happen. But at least he's got some input now. And, uh, I mean, the, the input he needs is from Otani and his agents himself during the winter. Like, okay, are you interested in staying here? If you are, let's see if we can get it done. Uh, almost like a Soto situation. If not, move him and get a ton for him. And, you know, I mean, the beauty about Otani, besides, you know, being the two-way player, is he makes the Angels about $20 million a year off the field. So if he goes to even a bigger market, you know, that team's going to, you know, you know, get about a uh, two or three times what he's going to earn on the field. So it's, it's amazing. Uh, you know, I don't think baseball's seen anything like it. And I know uh, marketing people say he's making more money than any player, any baseball player has ever lived off the field just himself. Last question before he let you run. We started the show talking about Vin Scully, who passed away last night. I know you've known Vin for years. Um, what is something maybe people... What is something people might not realize about Vin Scully? You know, he just, it was just such a great person. I mean, you would never know if he was, uh, you know, broadcasting for a class, a, uh, you know, hockey team or something rather than a, uh, or junior hockey team, I should say. And then the, in the Dodgers, it was just a, I remember once doing an interview with him, my tape recorder didn't work. I felt awful. Went to him. I said, Hey, you know, explain what happened. He goes, oh, call me in the morning. And talk like for an hour the next day. Uh, I still have a voicemail from him uh, in 2016 just thanking me for a story. But just what a compassionate guy he was. I mean, you would never know if he was the greatest you know, broadcaster ever. Uh, you know, I'm sure he had an ego. He didn't show it. Uh, you know, when his wife died in two, uh, was it 2001, he was never the same. He, he was just – that part, he was broken. And even when, uh, you know, they, they did the Sandy Colfax statue unveiling in June, he didn't go to it. I don't think mm-hmm. he wanted any of the public to see what he was like or, you know, he was wor- always worried about falling, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, a very proud guy, but uh, just a pleasure to be around. You're always in a good mood. Just talk with him. And he always treated you like, you know, he was your best friend. Bob, really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much as always, my friend. Be well. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, guys. Take care. Take Bye. Care. Bob Nightingale, national baseball writer with USA Today. Uh, So the Blue Jays have made some roster moves. Matt Peacock has been recalled 
from AAA Buffalo. He'll be active for today's game. Ross Stripling has been placed on the 15-day injured list with a right hip strain. And Mitch White, he ain't coming to the Blue Jays. He's been optioned to AAA Buffalo. Hmm. Not so sure. I'm go. not sure what, what to make of all that. I, I, uh, the stripling move would be retroactive to July 31st. So there you go. Uh, Ross Stripling, how many starts? We're talking three starts? At least two. Two starts. With, uh, it's called right hip strain. I thought it was a glute injury. I don't know. Maybe it's the same damn thing. I don't know. Isn't your glute? I don't think so. Isn't the glute the ass? Yeah, it is. Why do people just say, you know, strained right ass? <laughs> strained right ass cheek. Anyhow, whatever it is, he, uh, he is. Uh, What's wrong with you? Nothing. I mean, it's <laughs> what it is. Right hip strain. Because that sounds rude. Doesn't. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. Matt Peacock. Uh, I mean, it's been recalled. There's some, AAA Buffalo. This is the depth. Yeah, this, Boy, you're just squeezing what, the what we the, talked the, about. Just uh, getting <laughs> blood from a stone. Boy, hell alive again. Like these, these I, uh, I don't. I, I, so you've got to. I would assume that you knew this. Man, I would assume you knew this. Well, at you the would deadline. hope so. You would surely hope so. <clears throat> Which raises. Do we, we even want to go back here? I really. I kind of moved on from the trade deck. I mean, I. Yeah, that is definitely no bueno. It is not good. No, that is that is not good. Uh, We're going to be joined by uh, Ben Wagner from the broadcast. But you know what we should do? Let's do uh, what's that segment we do? It's time for Barker's Back Leg Bits. I don't know who he was praying to, but Barker's like, get up, get out of here. And the guy's right at the fence. Like, I got this one, you know? The umpires would throw the balls out. Like, hey, Barker's up. Bring in the six balls. We need the dead ones. Bring in the dead ones. Barker's Back Leg Bits is is, uh, that time of the show where we solicit viewer, listener questions. I'm sorry, I just... I, I, you understand. <laughs> Viewer, listener questions uh, for Kevin. DMs are always open. SN Jeff Blair's the Twitter handle. It wasn't that funny. <laughs> I, well, because we, we were so off the trade deadline. And now all of a sudden. Yeah, I know. <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> Uncle. Tim Ghost. I like the Twitter handle. I think Ross doesn't think a couple big relievers is enough to win the World Series. So he wants to do more work in the offseason. Maybe instead of trading Moreno now, you trade Kirk and a couple prospects in the offseason. It'd make it easier to do yeah, it, Tim, for uh, sure. Tim, this is, and Tim, thank you for the question because it allows us to deal with something we've kind of talked about. What if Ross Atkins and the Brain Trust looks at the American League East and has come to the same conclusion we do. It will be a miracle. It will take a miracle to beat the Yankees. No question. Or the Astros. It, it just will. That, that, the, the odds, I understand the Jays' odds of making the playoffs, they're really good. I'm mm-hmm. not talking about making the playoffs. So if you're Ross Atkins, you know, you've got control of Barrios, you've got control of Springer, you've got control of Gossman, you got Bo and Vladdy. Do you sit back and think maybe this isn't the time 
to go all in. I've got my best pitcher, Alec Manoa. Maybe we're talking about an inning situation with him. I got a guy that I spent money on, you say Kikuchi. I don't know what he's going to give me. Maybe there are too many little trickles through cracks in the dike right now to really go all in. You know, and 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 and, and the thinking is, let me let's see what this core. Okay, this core was good enough to miss the playoffs by one year last year. Let's see what this core can do this year. I'm just saying, I'm not saying you're waving a white flag the Braves, or anything. The Braves didn't. The Dodgers were really good last year in the National League. Well, you, you can throw it over to that, too, of the American League. You, you know, you, as a GM, I would hope that you don't worry about what all the other organizations are doing and you try and make your team as as good as you can possibly make it. The Blue Jays are not a, a, fin a finished product. They, they are just not. You look yesterday at the picture that they face for, for the Rays. If you got two heaters and a slider that you can somewhat locate away to a bunch of right-handed hitters, it's going to be real tough to score runs. It just is. Like, I know they they got a good lineup, and they got some good hitters throughout that lineup, but when you're facing good pitching who can add and subtract and somewhat locate and make you go the other way, make you, force you to hit it over there. I, I, so the answer to your question is I hope not. Okay. I hope not. Because it's your organization, and what every GM we've ever had on here, what do they say? Can't worry about what those other teams are doing. Only worry about what we're doing. So I hope not, but I'm sure if you pushed him in the corner and ask, really ask him, make me tell you. Bob Duncan is a Yankees fan. As a Yankee fan, respectfully, you are wrong on the Bader from Montgomery trade. What does every team talk about pitching, from post-offseason to spring training to World Series pitching? You do not trade a legit number three starter at worst number four left-handed pitcher in Yankee Stadium with very good numbers for center fielder. People make it sound like Hicks and Judge are running uphill playing center field. Horse manure. That's what he says. I watch every, if not parts of every game. Severino has question mark now. That's very true, and he's not happy going in the 60-day uh, IL. Green and King each throw a pitch and are both gone for the season. Uh, if they wanted to trade for an upgrade in center field, they could have had Miguel Andahar in the minors who wants out, finish second Otani and rookie of the year. He would get you at worst glove first center field. Don't need offense from him. I would have traded Tyon over Montgomery if I had to. Trade grade on team went from A to B minus after this trade. Bob well, from Bowmanville. I guess. It is. I, I had said at one point that I thought Luis Severino could be the most impactful pitcher in the American Maybe, League East. And, but, and, and I still... So it's amazing how the, the different fans, yes. the way they talk about their team with what the Yankees did and how they are all in and how it's just, it is World Series or bust in the way fans talk about the Blue Jays. Cheryl Fullerton, I know there were players quoted who sounded fine, but I would love to know if you and Kevin think the team is really feeling good about what they acquired at the deadline. I'm sure they were hoping for more, especially some swing and miss that should have been picked up a no long question. time ago. I hope the team morale doesn't take a dive at such a critical time. Now, Cheryl, thanks as, as always for the uh, yeah, for the uh, for the question. I'm yeah, I'm not worried about the the team morale. I think you, uh, these, Kevin, Kevin's right. I mean, I, I don't like to always turn it into a business, but these guys are motivated because they want uh, Bo and Vladdy want to make money. Santiago Espinal wants to make money. Uh, these guys are motivated by that. I, I'm sure, listen, they're human beings. They heard all the names linked to the Blue Jays. I'm sure that they expected more than was delivered, but I really think 
what you heard Bo say is really what it is all about. The trade deadline came and went. They're getting some, a couple of new arms and another teammate. Nobody's leaving the clubhouse. It's not like the day-to-day life of the team was interrupted sure. dramatically by well, that, this trade deadline. That's, that's Gosman that said that. That's an established, already been paid. Yes. That, you know, we don't, we don't want to lose our buddy. Bo didn't say that. Did Bo say that? He no. must have said it and I wasn't listening. No. I tend to not listen. It sounded to me like I can only wor- worry about what I can control. It's went, it's, it, it was here, and it's passed, and now we're going to move on, and we're going to do our thing and try and win as many games as we can baseball, possibly win. That's what baseball is. It's, it's the same reason you go 0 for 4 one game. Like I said, baseball uh, yeah. players are the biggest he's, optimists in the world. They can go 0 for 4 and go into the clubhouse and say, boy, tomorrow I'm going to be has got his job. I got my job. Oh, it was a perfect way to answer the question. Oh, he did. He he nailed it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Patrick Rutledge says, Kevin Barker, you talk an awful lot about a professional hitter. Do you think that Whit Merrifield could be a professional hitter? Would he be that professional hitter you talked about? He's 33 years old. We haven't seen it this year. When he's getting a bunch of hits, he's using the entire field, and nobody's really watching him because of who he plays for. So we'll see. The, the, The proof will be in the pudding. Ooh. I, I, to answer your question, I'm not sure you have an answer for that. He's 33. Like, I, he hasn't done it this year. He's not the same hitter. Whether that's he needed a, he needed a change of scenery, whatever it is. Like, that. I, I guess you know, different players handle pressure in different ways. There'll be pressure on him to perform here. He's expected to get a bunch of hits. If he's leading off, get hits, get on base for the big boys. Mm. And run the bases the way you're supposed to run the bases. And if you play center field, catch the balls you're supposed to catch. This is from uh, Jer in Bragg Creek, which is an amazing part of Alberta. We lived in Calgary for a year, and I hated living in Calgary. And I don't talk about professional hitters as as much as most people do. Yeah, that's true. I do not do that. Um, uh, Bragg Creek is a uh, cool part of the country. This from Jer. Uh, regarding the Jays' deadline, I truly hope the Jays' front office didn't hold back because the Yankees have a good team. This is the AL beast. There's always going to be a contender to go through, and you can bet a good Jays lineup won't scare other teams off of going for it. I would have liked to seen the front office show more confidence in this group. A few pieces could have gone a long way. Uh, Jer, I think that's that's what a lot of people think. Well said. You know, Ross Atkins did make the point that, uh, you know, that this – and, and and other people have made the point as well that you can look at the lack of activity and say, well, it is a vote of confidence in this young team. It's a vote of confidence in the core of this team. I guess, I guess you could you could look at it that way. This team doesn't seem to need a vote of confidence. I think the vote of confidence you gave this team was when you replaced Charlie the Yan- Montoya. The with Yankees John got the Yankees got seventy wins. They look at all the stuff they went out and did. They need confidence. No, they need good players to fill in spots that they don't have good players in. Yeah. So I ain't buying that. But look, I, I everybody has their their opinion on what the Blue Jays did. I don't think they did enough. But again, it looks at what you just said starting this segment. You have to you're only a human being if you don't look at the Astros and the Yankees and go, man, balance Verlanders over there. Ooh. Like, good luck beating that in the playoffs. I mean, that's the X factor. Yeah. That's going to get Dusty a World Series in my mind, having that guy. 
one in, game one and game seven, so all the scared pitchers that said they were scared last year don't have to be scared anymore. And then you look at the Yankees. You go to Yankee Stadium in the playoffs. Boy, you got you got to have the horses. You got to have no brainers when when John Snyder's walking out to take the ball from whoever he's taking it from. Your boy Barrios in the third game, in the fifth inning. Who's he handing it to? Do you feel confident in him handing it to Anthony Bass? Tim Mesa. Pop. There you go. Ben Wagner will have the call of this afternoon's game from the Trop. It'll be a 12-10 first pitch. You say Kikuchi on the mound for the Blue Jays' Jalen Beeks for Tampa Bay. We've got a live feed of Tampa. Who's that with Shai Davidi right I don't know. now? Who is that? I don't know. Nice dress. It is a nice dress. Very nice. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know who that is. By the way. The commercial with her dumping water on Vladdy is solid. It's epic. It's probably the best thing she's done all year. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that, but it's pretty good. Right up there. Ben Wagner joins us from the Trop. When we come back, it is Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan Sportsnet 360. The Sportsnet Radio Network and wherever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. People are going to say that I'm being facetious when I say it, but it's, it's true. We're talking about the trop. You've never been to the trop, and you asked me about the trop. I don't mind the trop. Concessions are great. Beer's always cold. Uh, I mean, like, like I'm, I'm old. Looking at it as an old baseball writer. Press box is nice. It's comfy. You know, you've got the Redhead Cigar Bar down the street, which is one of the finest cigar bars in the United States. It is, and it's got a fine selection of whiskeys. It does. I heard the backdrop's including awful, including whistle. Pig. I've, I've talked. I, don't care about I've talked that. I do. Uh, what were uh, X hitter? Tried to hit anyway. Anyhow, it's not the uh, catching pop ups. Not easy. Either. Keep in mind that Day I spent games. a large portion of my life at Olympic Stadium, which was the worst ballpark in baseball. So maybe that's why I don't uh, I don't mind the trop. Plus, you know what the best thing about the trop is? There's nobody there. No, you know who plays there, right? Yeah. My Rays. Well, you are a cheerleader. I haven't heard you tooting that horn lately. Well, there's I, you ain't that, been that tooting horn, a ton. No, that horn's been put away because uh, raise up ain't happening. Is I don't know anymore. I'm scared about raise up because if it was raise up, somebody would drop it when it came down because they're not playing. You know, they're not. It's not my they raise. Get hurt easy there for yeah. some reason. But they'll probably figure it out at some point. They'll make the play. I mean, you know, Jose Siri is gonna. No, he won't. Let's bring in Ben Wagner, mm. who is at the drop. He'll have the call of the game. In about half an hour on Sportsnet 590, the fan. How you doing, Ben? Really well. How are you? I'm great. Hey, were the boys excited about the trade deadline? I'm doing great, Jeff. How are oh. you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. I, you know what? I tried to take the temperature of the room, and a couple of the deals were announced after we had to leave the field, leave the clubhouse. Right. And um, honestly, Ross was speaking 
right up next to the first pitch, so I wasn't alive living that either. Right. So I had to take the temperature of the room late, late, late last night and then early this morning as guys were kind of filtering in. So I'll say that the the overall reaction wasn't, you know, glowing mm-hmm. from the room, honestly. Mm-hmm. I got mixed reactions from meh to dud to confused. Those were the top three on the list. But at the end of the day, when I asked the question, do you feel like the Toronto Blue Jays got better? The answer is yes. Yeah. And I think the Blue Jays got better. I don't think that they needed to get to this extra world-class elite talent and and mortgage everything. I don't believe that they're going to catch the Yankees. I don't think anybody in the wild card nope. mm-hmm. race is going to catch the New York Yankees. So did the Blue Jays do enough to stay better than Seattle Mariners and the Tampa Bay Rays? Cleveland really didn't do anything. Baltimore put a for sale sign in their front yard. <laughs> and likely, you know, you lose a closer, you lose kind of a heartbeat of a clubhouse. That is certainly something that will make an impact. And uh, this is my opinion. I don't believe in the Boston Red Sox. Right. And their ability to make any sort of run in this either. So, uh, you know, where are the, where are the Blue Jays positioned? Uh, Minnesota certainly got better. And that's mm-hmm. the next stop for the Toronto Blue Jays. So did that room feel like it got better? I think yes. They knew that there were needs to be met. I think the Whitmerryfield acquisition speaks a lot about what the Blue Jays have to find out about George Springer. Mm-hmm. I was in the camp that he was going on the aisle today. Right. And then I asked John Schneider in the clubhouse during our media session, is this something that you're going to continue to live with for at least the next couple of days? And they said that they have identified the problem. It won't get worse. So they are comfortable letting it go a few more days before making a decision. But in those couple of days, guess who arrives in yes. Mary Field? Do we know, do we have any clearance, any clearance, any clarity yet on Whit Merrifield's vaccination status? And, and you know, the, I mean, Shy did a good job of breaking it down in terms of the number of days. And, you know, there has to be a 14-day period around the shots. And he, he really needs, my understanding is he needs the one J&J shot will be enough. Uh, but that would indicate that he's, he may not be available for the first, his, you know, his first homestand unless, I don't know, unless he went and got, unless he went and got the vax last week because he just thought something was going to happen. Big question, Mark. Um, I, I mean, I don't, <laughs> if Shadavidi doesn't have a source on it, <laughs> my sources, um, you know, aren't going to top his. And there's a lot of murkiness talking with my people in Kansas City around it, whether or not it's actually happened or it's going to happen. And... All of a sudden, guys, I got a really bad delay. If you can tell the board ops. Um, yes. Uh, back here. Yep, they're working on it. All right, thanks. They're working on it. Um, so I checked in with a couple of people in Kansas City about what was going on with that. Uncertain going into the trade deadline, although Witt has been asked about it over the last couple of days, didn't really tip his hand. We know the athletic angle and the concern about the one-hit wonder with the J&J. And that's obviously going to be the quickest route for Whit Merrifield to play with the Blue Jays. He can play on the road, can't go back for that six-game homestand if he gets the one-hit wonder. If he has to go through the different cycle, and Shai did a really good job of breaking this down, if you have to go through you know, one shot, wait two weeks, the next shot, wait two weeks. Now we're talking about six weeks, and he's unavailable to go to Canada. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I have no clarity from sourcing Kansas City on whether or not it happened prior. Speaking of needs, Stripling missed a couple of starts. What do they do? Well, 
here's, here's where I'm at on that. I'm led to believe that the Blue Jays knew that there was a problem with Ross in the glute coming out of that last start. So is Mitch White the answer here? And I understand, like I saw the roster move today. I, we were all told, not just I, we were all told earlier today that all four of the acquisitions are going to Minneapolis. So that's a little bit more of a paper move because mm-hmm. he has to be on a roster. Mm-hmm. Maybe tomorrow he gets acted, right. activated onto the, the taxi squad. And then he jumps into the rotation. Um, the good news is Alec Manoa and Jose Barrios are the one-two punch coming out of there. More importantly, Alec Manoa, after taking that comebacker off of his elbow, he's going to make his next scheduled start. That's the good news. And the Blue Jays would not tip their hand on whether or not it would be Mitch White and go. But the word bulk roll and opener came back into the vernacular Ooh. in the manager's clubhouse today. And Ooh. I break out in a cold sweat when I hear yeah, the word that's, opener. You know what? And, and that's why yeah. I look at the trade deadline and we'll never know. You know, did the price get too high at the last minute for the Blue Jays to go out there? Was Noah Syndergaard as close as some are led to believe? Was there a big stop sign put on that to acquire not a frontline starter? The Blue Jays just needed like a four or five to get through this thing. Yeah. So now, now your answer isn't really much deeper than Mitch White because there were no answers prior to that right. outside giving Max Castillo another run, but they traded him away. Right. So this is another rock and a hard place for the Blue Jays in trying to find depth to spell this rotation. Alec Manoa, innings. Big deal, not a big deal. They're going to give him the ball every five days. Every five days. Yeah, they're going to try to work it. And if the Blue Jays are in a position where you get to a fifth or a sixth inning and the game is in comfortable stance and the bullpen, you know, it can maneuver through the rest of a ball game, they might save a couple of bullets in the overall inning workload of that individual day. But he's going to start. He's too important right now. He is, he is one or one A in this rotation right now. He has to be one of the guys driving the bus through the last two months of the regular season. I'm intrigued by Lourdes Gurriel Jr. leading off. Mm-hmm. Uh, both Kevin and I talked about this. I, I like it because because Lourdes has been probably their most consistent hitter uh, for the past six weeks now. Uh, he doesn't, I, I was going to say he doesn't profile as a classic leadoff hitter. There, I don't know if there is such a thing anymore. That's, that's, that's not what, I'm, what I mean by this. But do you, there, look, there are some positions in the lineup, and you know this. Everybody says I'm the same hitter regardless of where I am. Yeah, that's not true. There are some positions in the lineup where there are certain expectations out of you. Uh, is there any concern that moving Lourdes into the leadoff spot takes him out of that sort of that middle-of-the-order comfort zone where you can, you know, maybe see a few more pitches or maybe see, you know, maybe maybe see less pitches. I'm just wondering if putting him in the leadoff spot is such a thing that there would be some concern that you may take him out of that that, that really nice spot he's in right now. Yeah, I ask about that. Is he too good into a groove lower in the lineup if you if you change, right? Because, guys, exactly like you said, if you change a position, do you think you have to play third base and all of a sudden be a power hitter? Right. You know, it changes the mentality of what your role actually is. The thing that I was told by a couple of people in the clubhouse yesterday is the fact that his pitch selection right now is so good. They're not worried about the amount of pitches in that first at bat. It's about selecting the best pitch to hit within that given at bat. So his control, plate appearance after plate appearance after plate appearance, is something that has finally come to fruition, and he's not a hot starter. 
in April and May, it takes a while. He's like a good diesel engine. It just takes a while for him to get going. And then once he gets going, we see the best Lourdes Goriel Jr. And that is why he is in that top spot. And the fact that he can get on base, he can hit. He's hitting with all fields too, right? And he's going up the middle more now than he has ever gone up the middle. And that contact ballot contactability is another reason that John Schneider said this is why it makes sense to have Lourdes Goriel Jr. in the top spot. And they told him not to change. They reinforced that. Don't do anything different. Ben, tell me the truth. Does Danny Jansen really help you say Kikuchi that much? 1,000%. I asked Danny Jansen, is that part of his job with you, say Kikuchi, leading into that last start? He said, absolutely. It's my job to make sure, one, he gets conviction with what I'm putting down and not necessarily has to agree with me, but if he doesn't agree with me, we want to get right to it. We don't want to ponder things, step off, take strolls around. So that builds his emphasis on keeping his rhythm up and keeping a good a good pace to the game with Yusei Kikuchi and not turn it into mental warfare with him. And it there is definitely a Danny Jansen effect. And... I, and I'm anxious to honestly see what it has an effect today, only to build on what he was able to do last time out with Kikuchi. Ben, we're going to let you run. Rest the pipes. Look forward to your call. To thanks, buddy. All right, thanks, guys. Take care. Have a good Ben Wagner, radio voice of the Jays. He will have the call from the Trop in 14, 24 minutes, 23 minutes and 23 and a half minutes, something like that. So there you go, the uh, Ross Stripling on the IL uh, with the glued injury. It'd be nice to have Max Castillo. Uh, around, I come on, I kid, I kid. Uh, we're led to believe, and, and I think You're this makes kid. a certain amount of sense. Yeah, that uh, Mitch White will would get that start. He has been optioned to AAA as part of a paper move right now. Again, Ben saying that the media traveling with the Jays have been led to believe that all four acquisitions, Anthony Bass. Uh, Whit Merrifield, Zach Pop, and Mitchell White will join the Jays in Minneapolis. They start a four-game series against the Twinkies tomorrow, and then they're uh, they're off to Baltimore. But as Ben also said, he's heard the opener word used. Uh, he's heard the bulk guy word used for that next stripling start. And this is... I mean, this, this gets back to pitching depth, right? This gets back to pitching depth. When you and, don't and have just, it, you got to do what you got to do. And, and it's a reminder of of where you know, where this organization is. I I don't I, I will say this I don't get I don't get carried away. It doesn't upset me that they don't have cover in the event of a catastrophic injury to a guy like Alec Manoa because not many teams do. Mm-mm. Not many teams do. So, you know, that's why people, people said, well, you know, that liner back to the mound off the elbow, that just shows you how, you know, how, how, how tenuous, you know, life is tenuous. Life is tenuous. And yes, it is true that a guy can take a ball off the elbow and his elbow can fracture and he's screwed. Right. That, but there's only so much you can, you can account for in, and only so much you can plan for in baseball. So I leave that aside, but I do look at the innings. You know, I, I do look at the fact that, that it's uncharted territory for Alec Manoa. And I do wonder about, as you've said, the slider has not been there. Uh, and it's not just the last start. The slider hasn't been there for a couple of starts. 
I am the guy that is not worried about Jose Barrios, as you know. Uh, Kevin Gossman, we've talked about this. Issues with pitch tipping in the second half last year. Certainly, uh, you know, last night was was impressive. Mm. I mean, I understand that you're not, you're never going to be in a position where you can afford to lose three starting pitchers and bring guys up right away and not miss a beat. That's just, there aren't many teams that are like that. You heard the Yankees fan talk about, oh, everybody thinks Bader's a great acquisition. Yeah. What if Severino doesn't come back and now you don't have Jordan Montgomery too? But this, you know, you can't account and you can't prepare Kevin for injuries to your number one or your number two or maybe even your number three starter. No. But you should be able to, you should have enough depth that you can handle your fourth or fifth guy going down for two days or for two starts without having to, you know, be where we are now. No question. But then that's, that's something that preceded the trade. That's not just a trade deadline thing because the Jays, we talked about this. They clearly don't have depth at no. AAA to begin with. Well, it just didn't happen overnight. They, they, they haven't had that in a long time. Just didn't creep up on them. Again, they're not a finished product. Like that's they can say what they want to say and how good their team is and how good they feel about it. They just don't have enough depth, right? It's it's a it's a fact. Like it's not a I'm finished hoping. product. So you you figure out things. The opener, look, it's you got to be careful about who you do that against. Who's the opener? You know, it can't be a guy for me for me that you need in the sixth and seventh inning because you, they don't have enough depth to, to be able to do that. So you got to mm-hmm. be careful with those kind of guys. But it can't be. Guys that like Banda, like oh, Banda Hope. Yeah, you can't be, you can't be those guys. So you got to be real careful about how you use that because you don't want to fall behind. Oh, Banda Hope, all when, when all of these, when all of these games matter the way they matter, especially when the teams that are fighting for the same spots that you're fighting for have gotten better over the trade deadline the last couple of weeks. So, but for me, I, I said this to begin the show. This puts a lot of pressure on your manager and your pitching coach to always make the right move, and it still does. Nothing's changed there. I mean, you gave them a couple of more names who throw a tick harder than the names they had before. You still got to line them up and, and put them in the right positions, the right bat pass, and and make sure, you know, you can't face the middle of the order. That's Adam Simber's job. Can't look, So they're going to have to be real careful, inning ahead. You, you can see it churning. Just watching the dugout. When it comes crunch time, who are we getting up? How many people are we getting up? Who's coming up? So they're going to they're gonna earn their money, and it's, that hasn't changed. It can help if you if your lineup gets healthy and George Springer comes back and and guys who are supposed to hit hit down the, the stretch. That was interesting news <clears throat> from Ben about um, about George Springer, and I'm sure Ben will talk about it in the t- on the the broadcast coming up. But the fact that John Schneider has said that they've identified the issue, it's not going to get better, which would suggest to me that you may be looking at surgery or something in the off season, whatever it is but that they can manage it so that it doesn't get worse. And that's, as I said, uh, George Springer was very clear a couple of days ago that this is a situation that will need to be managed. I don't know what the definition of managed is. If it's an elbow injury, does going to right field make for, it any easier there, than there going to the center DH field? Role. He's DHing. I, he's, he's more value to you leading off the threat of going deep early in games and what – Pitchers have to do to to my concern though, Kevin. Him. My concern though is that always seems to be swinging the bat after he's where diving the elbow, in the outfield. Have you noticed that? Like no, he'll dive, he'll he'll make that's a fair. throw to a cutoff that's guy, fair. and you'll see him. And he and you know if he dives and he, somebody has to lift him up with his other arm, 
it just seems That's to me fair. when you've noticed that he it's a bad swing after he dives in the outfield. I don't know. Like I I, I have no idea when it hurts the most. It so just then seems we get like, around to the well, issue. How do you have George Springer and Alejandro Kirk in the lineup on the same day I when always, Danny Jansen's catching? I know you don't like to hear it, but for me it always gets back to how much money you're making. I pay a dude 150 million. He's playing. I brought him for here for September and October. You'd like to have him all season, but it's not realistic. Track record will tell you he getting hurt. Yep. He ain't playing a ton of games in the regular season. So you want to maximize his all that he brings in September and October so you can make a serious run at this. And how do they do it? And for me, it just seems like he's going to eat up a bunch of that DH roll. 12-10 is the first pitch from Tropicana Field. It'll be on Sportsnet 590, the fan, and on Sportsnet, Blake Murphy will have Blue Jays talk immediately following the game this afternoon. Again, it is a 12-10 first pitch from Tropicana Field. Mr. Barker and myself will be back tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern. Thanks so much for joining us.